Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. The Guardian. Finally tonight, the podcast rises again. Business is booming as technology has made it easier to listen. It's uh, it's, it's getting a little meta, isn't it? Uh, podcasters talking about podcasts on the podcast. Yeah, it, it is. It is. The notion of podcasting stories has gained steam in recent years, with popular ones such as This American Life, which has about a million downloads a week, and Planet Money. More than a decade after the term was coined, in The Guardian, of course, Podcasts still don't quite feel like they've grown up. Not quite new, but not fully formed enough to know exactly how they'll turn out. People are intrigued by them because they're outside the realm of what we expect from the traditional. And they're popular too. Millions and millions of people are downloading our podcasts and more and more right. every week, every month. And it depends on what kind of podcast. You know, we've got the quick... So popular, in fact, that the biggest tech giants in the world are finally starting to take notice. People want to put a thing in their ear and right. hear somebody talk to them and tell them something interesting. After years of skating under the radar, podcasting is now the site of a turf war fought over everything from the apps you use to listen, the distribution technologies you use to broadcast, and even the content you actually download. In late April 2018, Google entered the fray with a new podcast strategy one that could even see the number of listeners searching for their favorite shows double. Obviously, putting podcasts in search is is a huge step for that. Uh, I mean, billions and billions of people use Google search. And if suddenly audio starts showing up the same way that text and video and images do, I think there's a huge opportunity for podcast growth on that side. Google aren't the first tech platform to try and gain a foothold in the podcasting industry. Apple, long the absentee parent of the industry, finally started putting some effort into its services for publishers earlier this year. Amazon, through Audible, has made huge strides in creating original podcasts for their listeners. Spotify has done both, hosting podcasts made by others and commissioning its own exclusive content. But why? Why is there this push for huge companies to capitalize on a market that was once for the individual, sitting at home, who knew how to work an RSS feed, and who had something, anything, to say? I think we saw the business model was becoming challenging in a lot of traditional media, uh, where consumers have more and more power to be able to skip ads or content that they don't like. 
Will strategies like Google's have a negative impact on what could once be considered the last decentralized publishing platform on the internet? Where I get a bit worried is where you see things like exclusivity deals and podcasters being signed up to a particular platform for development deals and then nothing really emerging, that kind of thing. In the way that, you know, sometimes a director or a movie star will be attached to a studio for a decade, but nothing will ever emerge. As someone who is communicating to you via podcast, I'm particularly interested in this topic. I'm Alex Hearn, and this is Chips With Everything. Hello, Steve. Hello, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. So, in case you're wondering, Jordan Erica Weber is away in Cardiff this week, so I'm stepping in for this week's show. Uh, My name is Steve Pratt. Steve Pratt is the co-founder and the head of strategy for Pacific Content. Which is a fairly weird podcast company. We exclusively work on making original podcasts with brands, kind of like the way that Red Bull might make fantastic videos that are not really about Red Bull directly. We're helping work with brands to turn them into media companies and make people's favorite shows. Can you give me any examples of the brands you work with? Uh, yeah, sure. We uh, we literally yesterday just won uh, a Webby Award with Mozilla for their show IRL about the uh, the health of the internet and, and kind of how we need to think more about matching online life to real life uh, so that we're... <laughs> Uh, making the internet a better place. We're doing a show with Dell uh, called Trailblazers with Walter Isaacson, which is uh, kind of business lessons about innovation and disruption in a wide variety of industries. We're doing a show about behavioral economics and how to make better decisions uh, with Charles Schwab uh, called Choiceology. So uh, yeah, we're doing a lot of really fun shows with some really great clients. Why was there a need for a company that, that makes original podcasts with brands? What led to the creation of, of your group? Uh, there's, there's a few different factors that led to the creation of Pacific Content. Uh, we're all ex-traditional media people. Almost all of us came from the Canadian public broadcaster, uh, CBC. And I think we saw the business model was becoming challenging in a lot of traditional media uh, where consumers have more and more power to be able to skip ads or content that they don't like. We also saw things like Red Bull where there were interesting models of companies being very progressive and just bypassing the traditional media ecosystem and becoming publishers themselves. And then the last piece was, uh, I think Serial for us was almost like the um, a, a milestone saying podcasts can be original productions that are extremely high quality and will hit a large number of people if you make a fantastic show, uh, and that there's a possibility for podcasts to become the Netflix for radio. <laughs> Perhaps foreshadowing where we may go later, do you do you worry that as podcasting becomes more and more important for these companies, they they will take this in-house, learn how to do it themselves, and the need for a company like Pacific Content will, will vanish? I think for some clients that is a path they may go down. We had uh, one of our early clients, Shopify, basically told us that up front, is that they they wanted to work with us uh, to do a season, but generally they're an in-house company that has their own video team and their you know design team and all those pieces. It, it may sound odd to people listening, but the very high-end storytelling and audio production is a, a fairly rare skill set out there. And I think that I think for most places, the only place you really learn how to do it is inside a public broadcaster because a lot of private radio doesn't focus on storytelling and there aren't 
as many places. I, th I think that's changing, but there aren't as many places to learn how to do long-form storytelling uh, in audio. I, I, I guess there's a fairly high barrier to entry, but um, I'm sure there will be companies that <laughs> and, and training programs that exist to come up and figure out how to do this as, as podcasting grows. Steve has been keeping up to date on the Google announcement, so I wanted to know what he thinks about their podcast strategy change. It's fascinating. You could search for podcast and it will now show up in Google search results, which is obviously the place that they are world leaders and amazing. Um, and there's a native play button inside the search results. So you can just tap on it and instantly start hitting play. And it takes you into a brand new podcast universe uh, that is just very low friction and seamless. They're also going to be serving up podcasts and search results around the topics that podcasts are about or about the guests that are in podcasts. So it's, you know, you don't even have to be looking for a podcast. You might just get served a podcast because it's the best result for the thing you're looking for. And it's a one-click play. And suddenly somebody who's never listened to a podcast before is having an amazing first experience. The other big piece that they've done is um, something that they call device interoperability, which is almost like a a Netflix or a YouTube experience uh, for video, but being brought into audio where it remembers where you left off uh, and you can pick it up where you left off on any device in the Google ecosystem. So if I started listening to something on my commute home on my phone or an Android Auto and I get home and I have a Google Home smart speaker, I can just seamlessly transition and continue listening. So Again, really much lower friction and a much better user experience across all your devices. I think it's going to make it a lot easier for people to dig into longer form content and hopefully to listen to more podcasts overall. And did you talk to Google's podcast production manager, Zach Renaud-Wadin, about this yourself? What, what attitude did he suggest that Google has to this industry? Uh, yeah, so I talked, it's funny, I met him at a, a couple of podcast industry events, and their big goal, it's massive, like they want to double podcast audiences worldwide. And obviously putting podcasts in search is is a huge step for that. Uh, I mean, billions and billions of people use Google search, and if suddenly audio starts showing up the same way that text and video and images do, I think there's a huge opportunity for podcast growth on that side. I think the other big one is is just Android in general. Zach brought up this amazing stat that I had not heard before that the average iPhone consumes 10 times the amount of podcasting that the average Android phone does and that there's a huge opportunity for them to just make an amazing native Android podcast experience um, and that there's a whole bunch of Android users worldwide who have never had a podcast experience. Uh, so their ability to influence that and by making a a different kind of user experience and onboarding experience for for new listeners, I think uh, will be a real game changer. So a bunch of the specifics of this seem sort of unusual for Google, building it as a new website rather than an app, not installing it on Android phones by default. Do you think there's a bit of the whiff of fear of regulation here, fear of the EU coming in and accusing them of abusing their monopoly? Is that driving their thoughts in this area? I had not, I had honestly not thought of that uh, as a as a scenario before, so that 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 could be true. My gut is that they're being agile and iterative and doing this small and getting feedback before they do something like put out a first party Google Podcast app. If I if I look at the way that it is laid out currently in the browser, uh, it almost feels like we're in a beta universe for what their podcast app is going to be, and that by putting something out in the wild without telling anybody about it and 
even announcing it on a podcasting company's blog that this is a let's see what the reaction is and build and make this thing set before we launch it. On smart speakers, because obviously Google are firmly in this game, but also firmly in second place. How how important is, is this sort of support going to be for, for podcast producers to think about? Is this something which they can by and large go, oh, well, some of our people will be listening on smart speakers or should they should they start making whole new shows aimed at this whole new way of listening? The short answer is I think there's going to be a lot of interesting experimentation and I think there will be different formats that are better suited to listening in a living room or a kitchen. That's a very different experience than listening in a car. I think thinking about the use cases and the context and where people are listening compared to where they listen to podcasts are actually very different. Most podcasting is a very intimate experience where you're listening to it on headphones or you're listening to it in your commute or your workout. Most of it, I believe, is really more of a solitary listen. A speaker in your house fundamentally is different than that, uh, and it may not be that it has your full foreground attention. I think most of the strategy that I've seen out there and that we would agree with is that you have a lot of short kind of question and answer scenarios. A lot of other people, one of the most common uses is just to set music playing in the background or set a radio station playing in the background. I think there will be probably more experimentation with with types of content that can be more background listening for extended periods of time. In a group setting, I think it might be challenging just to have a wall-to-wall podcast experience that demands your full foreground attention while you're doing other things in your house. So lastly, while Google is entering this area, there's no dispute that Apple is the, the king of podcasting. Apple is rules the roost here. With these changes, is, is Google going to be able to catch up or is this, is this just a step in the right direction? Will anyone ever unseat the Titan? Well, I think this is an interesting question is that they both have very distinct audiences and operating systems and neither of them really cross-pollinate. So you, you can't listen to Apple Podcasts on an Android phone. And in the current version of the Google product, you cannot get podcast and search results on an iOS phone. So, you know, there are more Android phones and Android users in the world than iOS users. So is there an opportunity for Google to have a huge impact and catch up in their own ecosystem? I I think there's huge opportunity for them. I, I think overall for the podcasting industry, having multiple companies innovating and you know, competing for audience in this is, is fantastic for the whole industry. Steve is pretty confident that this is a strong move on Google's part for the company itself and for podcast listeners in general. But as big companies start to colonise the podcast world, is the last pillar of the decentralised internet crumbling? That definitely could happen and I am a bit worried about it. I'm slightly less worried than I am about Facebook generally because there's more than one player in the game. More on that after this short break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. 
But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Here at The Guardian, we love podcasts. Not only do we make dozens of award winners ourselves, but we also write about our favourite podcasts from around the world too. Every week, our column, Here, Here, that's here, as in hearing, and here, as in where, comes out filled with recommendations from you, our listeners. We sift through them all to find the hidden gems that the podcasting world has to offer. These podcasts are often small yet mighty productions, which you probably wouldn't find highlighted on your usual podcatchers. So, if you're looking for your next podcast or have one that you want to share with the world, sign up for our weekly Hear Hear newsletter at theguardian.com forward slash podmail and send us an email at podcasts at theguardian.com. Welcome back to Chips With Everything. I'm Alex Hearn. Before the break, I spoke to Steve Pratt, the co-founder of Pacific Content, a Vancouver-based company that creates original podcasts for brands. He explained the impact Google's plans to change their podcast strategy will have on the industry. But should we be worried that tech companies like Google might lead to the Facebookification of the podcast world? So podcasts first started as an extension of blogging, really, with people who had big blogs, often in the tech scene, recording little snippets of audio and then posting them on their blogs, which were then delivered via RSS feeds, if everyone remembers those. Caroline Crampton is the head of podcasts at The New Statesman and a freelance producer. She's also a former colleague of mine. I was interested to hear if she was surprised by Google's announcement. Not surprised, to be honest. I've been wondering what Google was going to do and when. It seemed like they've been taking a really long time over this because they rolled out a while ago the ability to have podcasts in the Google Play Music app, but only in North America. You couldn't get it if you were in the UK or Australia or anywhere else. So the fact that they've now integrated it into search and into Google Assistant makes a lot of sense. It also points very strongly towards their bet on podcasts, which is smart speakers, which a lot of people have been talking about for a while now. This is this is a trend, though, isn't it? Giant tech is is getting into podcasts in a more meaningful way recently than they ever have before. Alongside Google, there is uh, Spotify has something going. Amazon has something going through its Audible arm. How do you think or do you think this is going to change the world of podcasting over the next couple of years? I think it is already changing it, and I definitely think it's going to continue to do so, because where once you had Apple's way of doing things, which was to dominate the distribution market, but they don't produce anything, they don't make their own shows, they don't fund things, they are just a distributor. Whereas what Amazon via Audible and Spotify have already done is actually get into production. So that's a different way of getting into the market than Apple has. Apple, I don't think, has any brand loyalty when it comes to podcasts. People find the iPhone app frustrating and actually increasingly you can see in stats are switching away to other iOS apps like Overcast is a popular one. 
So I think Apple have suffered slightly from the fact that they were the only player in the market for a really long time. They didn't really innovate or dig into why people liked podcasts. And now their lead is sort of dripping away. As we discussed earlier, for all that iTunes has been this this hegemon, it's also been quite hands off for a long time. It was simply pulling in RSS feeds. You were still downloading your MP3s from the, the server of the, the podcast itself. That, that decentralization on the tech level, has that had any effect on the on the medium itself or is is that just nuts and bolts which doesn't really play out at a larger scale largely yeah they have just left everyone alone they haven't even as far as i'm aware done much sort of censoring you know if you could have an explicit rating on your podcast but i'm not aware that they've been you know pulling things they don't like or that they don't feel match their brand so it's actually quite an unapple attitude almost uh, compared to what they do in other arenas the one way i think they have had an influence is the, for a long time, the front page of the podcast section in iTunes was like the front page of the podcast world. So if you got your podcast featured on there, for a lot of people, that was the difference between their podcast sort of being viable and it not being viable. So they, they've influenced things in that direction, but I'm not sure that they've changed the actual medium itself. As companies like uh, Google and Spotify jump on board, do you worry about a Facebookification of the podcast world, of of someone taking a much stronger hand in in centrally organising all of this and ultimately being the go-between and using that power for themselves? That definitely could happen, and I am a bit worried about it. I'm slightly less worried than I am about Facebook generally because there's more than one player in the game. I think that you've got the alternative, you know, if you don't like the way Spotify is handling podcasts, switch to Google, you know, there are there are ways you can get around it. And there are, even just from my own experience, there are people who are still listening just via RSS feed, um, you know, in their own reader. It's atomized, I think, to a degree that slightly protects it from total Facebookization. Do you think listeners stand to benefit at all from this from this move you know will will just more money flowing into the the field ultimately help them or or could it be a net downside i think it will be a net positive for now for a few reasons first is that you're just going to have more options for apps and ways to listen you know it's going to be so much easier if you have an android phone to get a podcast now that google is fully on board um, you might not have to pay for a third-party app anymore also more money going into the production of podcasts I think is always a good thing as I said you know there have been some really good shows to come out of the sort of studio arm of the tech platforms already and I think that'll continue to be the case where I get a bit worried is where you see things like exclusivity deals and podcasters being signed up to a particular platform development deals and then nothing really emerging that kind of thing in the way that you know sometimes a director or a movie star will be attached to a studio for a decade but nothing will ever emerge um and so that kind of thing makes me think well maybe we'd be better off if they'd never got into the game is the form of podcasts flexible enough to to cope with you know the next decade of technological innovation on on the delivery end i think the signs are good we've already seen some interesting experiments with the smart speaker as a distribution platform there's a really great show called the walk that was written by naomi alderman which is essentially a choose your own adventure podcast where you can move around inside it almost like it's a text-based game but a sort of voice activated one so i think there are some interesting things happening with it also i just think that 
the form already really works with them. You know, just being able to say, OK, Google, play me X podcast is so seamless already that I think they're going to transition really easily. In terms of, of the content itself and of how, how to get audiences involved, it feels like traditional media still hasn't totally worked out where podcasts fit in. So why are, why are tech platforms leapfrogging it? Why are they trying so hard to get into the sphere itself? I think it's all to do with the way listeners respond to podcasts. And there's a lot of research on this because obviously it's very valuable for advertisers to know this. And everything points to the fact that a podcast listener is more engaged and more loyal and more inclined to act on the messages they hear than, say, a reader of a web page or, you know, a viewer of a video even. So in that sense, they're incredibly valuable. You know, we've all heard the Squarespace and Mattress and MailChimp ads and stuff. There's a reason why those services are kind of ubiquitous in their fields, right? It's because people who listen to podcasts hear them advertised and then think, yeah, I do want a website, I'll use Squarespace. It's a level of user engagement that you don't seem to get anywhere else. Have the first wave of tech company produced podcasts been any good? I think like a lot of things, they've been a mixed bag. You know, there've been some really good ones, some really strong ones. Um, John Ronson's The Butterfly Effect for Audible is a very good example. And then there've been others that have barely moved the needle, if you know what I mean. So I think they're feeling their way like everybody else is, to be honest. The other thing that I am interested to see how tech companies are going to cope with is that whilst I think it's possible, like anything, if you've got enough resources and expertise to sort of create the conditions for a podcast hit, but you can't absolutely predict that it will happen. You know, there have been runaway hit podcasts from tiny producers. Um, the UK's own My Dad Wrote a Porno is a really good example of that. That's just three people who start, who still make it in their kitchen. In fact, they're not backed by Google or Apple or anything like that. And I think they've just hit 100 million downloads or something. It's incredible. So I think there is still the ability. It might become less possible but I think there is still the ability for anyone to, you know, get more downloads than them. To finish off the show, let's look at this week's interesting tech fact. Amazon Prime members can now benefit, if you can stretch it that far, from having their Amazon purchases delivered directly to their car. The in-car delivery option is for Prime customers with eligible 2015 or newer Chevy, Buick, GMC, Cadillac or Volvo vehicles. Anyone thinking of trying the new feature will have to forfeit a certain level of privacy. Delivery people get GPS and license plate information in order to find the right car. When they request access to the vehicle, Amazon says it confirms they have the right package and are at the right location before the vehicle gets unlocked. Still, it might be preferable to Amazon's previous innovation, which lets a delivery person directly into your empty home to leave a package just inside the front door. I'd like to thank Steve Pratt and Caroline Crampton for joining me this week. You can find a link to the Pacific Content website and Caroline's podcast newsletter in this week's episode description on the Guardian website. 
If you have any fun tech facts, questions or feedback on the show, and if you have any ideas for cool digital stories that we should cover in future episodes, email us at our very own new email address, chipspodcast at theguardian.com. I'm Alex Hearn. Thanks for listening. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts.